Welcome to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian. On this episode, I welcome Taylor, the bassist and vocalist of one of my favorite bands, Set to Stun. Their new album, Valkyrie One, just recently came out. We're going to talk a lot about that, the band, and a whole lot more. So here he is. It's Taylor of Set to Stun. All right, Taylor. So since I mentioned we're doing kind of a different intro here, we're just going to go right into it. So very first cliche question, obviously, to get this started is, how are you doing today, man? How's everything going? Pretty good. Can't complain. It was my birthday yesterday, actually. Oh, fuck so, yeah. Happy belated you know, birthday. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Do anything yeah. special? Uh, not really. Okay. I, I'm not really big on birthdays, but Same. you know, it did happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Just like hung out. I went to a nice dinner. Okay. And uh, that was good. So what's your pretty good. What's your opinion on like a nice dinner? Are you talking like a steak place? Are you talking like a favorite place of your of yours? Something like that. Um, so I haven't been to this place before, but it's like a really upscale Mexican restaurant. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I got like, um, I got a lobster enchiladas oh, with damn. a chile relleno stuffed with, um, cra- king crab and then like a fried prawn taco or something. Huh. It was really good. Very nice, man. Okay. Yeah, that's bomb. <laughs> that is an upscale thing. Anytime I hear lobster, yeah. I'm thinking upscale. Yeah, it was, um... I don't usually go to places like this, but you know, it was, yeah, it was like $50 plates. Yeah. So that's, that's upscale for me. I don't know. No, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just as happy at Taco Bell, you know? So <laughs> no, I understand. I just don't know if I trust their lobster enchiladas there. I think I'd give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate the risk taking. I really do. Yeah. No, it's you got to put yourself out there. Yes, exactly. You got to try things. You got to live life. I, I totally get it. Well, I would say for one thing, man, it's, it's great to celebrate your birthday. And then the other thing too is, I mean, we are a few days, obviously this is going to come out, you know, next week or something like that. But at the recording of this, we're only a few days removed from when Valkyrie one came out. So was that also kind of part of the celebration? Yeah, definitely. I think most of my attention was definitely on the the release and um, getting all that sorted out and, uh, you know, just like doing all the social media stuff and like talking to people about it. And um, so that was kind of my main focus. And then uh, to cap the weekend off, it was my birthday on Sunday. So it was just kind of like, you know, go, go, go for a while. And then it was nice to kind of relax and just go to dinner, hang out. Yeah. And uh, well, what is- do my own thing. Yeah. What is that feeling like? You know what I mean? Like, so now, obviously, you're like we said, we're a few days removed. You had your birthday. Are, are you now in that relaxation phase or do you still kind of have that hype from Friday? Um, yeah, I think like I think the biggest thing is like having it come out is more of a relief than anything because oh, okay. it took so long and it's so stressful, kind of like all these problems we ran into. Mm-hmm. But having it just out it's like well we can't change anything now so now you can just you know relax about it at least but um right. yeah but i mean now i'm kind of like focused on the next one and then you know um we just got a list of like the play- spotify playlists that picked it up and stuff so it's still oh, all that's... fresh you know um it's still an an, an ongoing thing we're going to have like the vinyl in a couple weeks oh, very so nice. we're getting okay. that sorted out yeah so um i think it's yeah it's definitely a sense of relief and all the things we're doing now or I'm doing now are just like chill because I don't have to make any more decisions. It's already <laughs> done. 
And that's kind of where I, that's why I implode is because I have to make all the decisions and then I, I'm not good at that. Ah, okay. Understood. But what's funny is I do see you, especially when we talked about doing this on Discord, you know, I ended up joining the Set to Stun Discord and I saw you're really doing a ton of interaction with fans. You're putting up lyrics and everything to Valkyrie One. You're working on a lot of that stuff. So for someone that doesn't like to make a whole lot of decisions, you're certainly interacting a lot. Oh, yeah. I think it's kind of like um, it just falls to me. Um, you know, we're like a three-piece band, yep. and um, Damien's like the genius, the musical genius <laughs> who comes up with this crazy shit. Sure. And uh, Marcus is just like along for the ride. Gotcha. And um, and then I kind of have to take Damien's insanity and uh, make it palatable. And ah. also do all the all the interactions and and the art and pretty much pretty much everything else, you know. Gotcha. But he gets a pass on that because he we wouldn't be anything without him, you know. So it's a lead singer syndrome kind of thing, yes. I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's very interesting to see the dynamics of how the band works. So we definitely have to say, obviously, eight years in between you know, the Desperado Undead and Valkyrie One, you, you feel that sense of relief for sure. But you did mention having problems. And I'm sure you've talked about this with a lot of people, but I'm not sure everyone who's listening will know. I don't think I know all the issues that you guys had. So what were those major issues that delayed things so much? Because if I'm not mistaken, I think I remember the announcement that you guys were going into the studio in 2018, possibly somewhere around there. And obviously now it's 2023, so it took a very long time, you know, for Valkyrie One to come out. So can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I think it was uh, 2018. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, we met our producer. Uh, he's in another band, and um, we did a single track to try to kind of test the waters out with him. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Staria Three. Oh, okay. Um, that was the first thing we recorded and it it went really really well uh really like good studio environment and we we hit it off really well mm-hmm. um so then we we started doing another single uh walk tall 2 okay and um that was yeah that was the thing we recorded um well i guess yeah our so our producer is uh kevin gruft uh or k thrash from escape the fate oh okay gotcha yeah so uh we hit it off with him. Uh, we did. We finished Walk Tall Two, mm-hmm. and we went on tour with them. So we released Walk Tall Two just because it felt like a uh, more of a single sure. than Staria Three. Okay. Uh, and then right after that tour, we got into the studio with him. Um, you know, we didn't. A lot of bands are like they have. Okay, you guys have one month or whatever, like thirty days in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we lived in the same town, so it was kind of like oh yeah, let's go in this day and this day. And then we kind of just bounce back and forth. Um, but what really happened is, um, we got a lot of it done and his, his production, like he got a lot of really, really big opportunities. Like he's worked on MGK's album. He just did Blink-182's new album, Ah. Gwen Stefani. Like he linked up with Travis Barker. So he was busy with a lot of other stuff and, we were taking our time with it too. So it kind of just was one of those things that dragged on for a while. Sure. Um, once we finally finished tracking, then uh, we had, he also mixed the album. So, you know, that took some time just because he has other things on his plate. Right. 
Uh, it's not really his fault. We also take a million years to make any type of decision. <laughs> so it kind of just went back and forth. And then, and then we, we weren't really happy with some of the, some of the stuff. And, um, and then it got to the point where like, let's just put it out. And it really, when, uh, enter lust came out, which was the, the second single, yeah. we were like, let's just put out a single, just do it, get it over with, move on to the next album, like kind of forget that stuff. And I mean, that was a whole year ago, but yeah, right. we made it. Oh, okay. All right. So then was there something to do with, did the pandemic hold things back as well besides him being busy? Yeah. It's been so long. I forgot about the pandemic. Oh no. I Like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it definitely did slow things down for us. Um, We couldn't get in with him for a little bit because of that. But I mean, it's still even minus that it's still, yeah, that's what 2018. It's like five years ago. So I think we finished tracking everything in 2020, 2020. Oh, okay. Wow. Actually, yeah. Okay. And then obviously all the other steps that have to go along with what he's doing. And then yeah. you mentioned obviously everything else he had to take care of as well, which has got to be tough. Yeah. I mean, I, if I was him, I wouldn't have spent a minute on our shit. Like, <laughs> like good for him. Like there's no bad blood or anything. Like it was, Oh yeah. he was doing his thing. We were doing ours and then we took forever to get back to him. And it was just kind of like, well, we're not touring right now anyways. So we just waited out and make sure everything's good. But I think it kind of worked out. We got, we got everything situated right now to where we're in a a good position to put this thing out and start touring again next year. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be a follow-up because obviously, as you know, just like you said, you put out, you know, walk tall Two when you were actually going to go on tour, a lot of bands prefer to put out a brand new album or EP before they're going on tour. But obviously now, we're at the end of October going into November, the album comes out and you guys aren't going to be, you know, hitting up a tour until next year. Do you already have that kind of, you don't have to say it now, but are you locked down with a, with a tour coming up at least in 2024? Um, so not yet. Okay. We do have, we had options to go out at the end of this year. Um, but since it's been so long, we haven't played a show since, since 2020. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that when we did get back on the road, it was the right tour for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to just do something for the sake of doing it. Right. So, um, and yeah, we did want to hold the album until we lined it up with the perfect tour. But at this point, it's been so long. It was just kind of like, let's just put the album out. We'll figure it out after. That's like kind of what our management is, is about. Um, sure. So yeah, uh, we have a couple of shows booked actually for the end of the year. Oh, they'll probably be announced by the time this comes out. Gotcha. All right. Well, we can talk off air. We don't have to record it now. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah, it's all good. We'll talk about that. But yeah, I look, I've, I've wanted to see you guys live for forever and never had the chance to do it. So I'm hoping that, you know, either those dates are around. I have an idea where they might be, but at least whenever that tour comes around, hopefully it'll come around to an area where I am. And I think one of the big things I got to ask is you talk about, you know, the last time you toured or did a show was in 2020. So with the type of music that you play, how much practice and how much remembering and getting everything together, because even if you don't write everything right, you're still doing, I believe, all the all the backup vocals live, right? Yeah, I think live it's it's almost like 50-50. Okay. That because it's so many vocals. I'm just I'm just doing it out of necessity, trying to help out, you know, like, um, but we do have a back and forth 
and we still haven't figured out the new album yet <laughs> vocally. Okay. But we'll get there. Yeah. I imagine. We'll but yeah, I think how, I mean, I was just legitimately recently talking about this with uh, Joey from the band Varsity about, you know, like forgetting lyrics when you get on stage, kind of having that just blank out moment. And I've had that before when I've been in bands or doing karaoke, stuff like that. But you've got to be the ultimate reference on how difficult it's got to be because of how, not only how long your songs are, but then also how intricate they are as well. So for you, let's not even take, we don't even have to say Valkyrie 1 for right now, but even the Desperado Undead, when you're going out on tour for that, how much did you have to prep to be ready for all that, even if people are going to sing back to you? Uh, I'm, I don't, I've never actually had a problem with that. Oh, awesome. I, okay. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember a single time that I've ever forgotten it, but I think it's it, it could be because when we record it, it always it usually ends up being how this last album was where we finish one song mm -hmm. and then so I'm listening to this song a hundred times and ah. then we finish the next one and then I'm listening to that a hundred times. But there's a lot of times where I'll say that um, I'll sing it one way for a whole tour and then I'll read the lyrics after. I'll be like, oh, that's what he was saying. <laughs> so I remembered the wrong ones, but. I've never just blanked on anything. And okay. yeah, it is there's a lot of lyrics. There's most of the songs never ha repeat. So if you see them printed out, there's like eight pages of lyrics for like yeah. uh Death of a Dreamcatcher, the the last single we did. Yeah, it's always very in-depth. And I guess really the follow-up, the follow-up to that too is also with the instrumentation. You've got so many different parts of each song. Like you guys are so extremely unique. Anyone who who's heard you knows how unique you are in the scene. So if you're doing, I mean, you know, most songs over five minutes long, some up to nine minutes, and then you've got all these different parts in the song, it's not, you know, chorus, verse, chorus, all that kind of stuff, repeat. It's very different, you know, all the way throughout. So is that simple for you as well? Is it very similar to lyrics? Um, no, I think instrument, like the instrumentation is definitely more difficult. Okay. Um, but I also just play bass, and half the songs I don't know, half the and nobody can tell anyway, so I'm I'm fine. <laughs> Not a big deal. I love I love the candid. I uh, you know, <laughs> or maybe they can, but nobody's gonna say that to my face, so it's fine. I gotcha. Like, just, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I even hear. I mean, if unless my ears are are mistaking me, because I'm sure there's lots of studio magic and all that kind of stuff, but it did seem like there were plenty of extra bass parts and and trills and and almost soloist type stuff on the new album am i incorrect on that no you're right okay. and um the thing is when i write to damien's like you know he he has like the structure like the skeleton of the song on guitar okay i i am not huge on like bass solos like something crazy i kind of like to just you know do a fill and and just kind of back it up sure so i'd say nine times out of ten when you're when you hear the bass mm -hmm. and it's something crazy that is when we're in the studio and i just hand the bass to damien and say just just play it then <laughs> and then he's like playing like a guitarist you know sure. i'm like cool yeah i'll figure that out later the day before the show and then uh play it again <laughs> well it seems like you have your dynamic down with damien obviously being brothers and everything it seems like you guys know each other to when you need to walk away and just let him right. know, go ahead and do it. Is it is it one of those things where, you know, I don't want you to put words in his mouth or anything, but obviously you have 
so much experience with them. Is it one of those things where when an album like this happens, it has to be his way? So if he's got the lyrics written and then he's he's thinking in his head what ideas he might have, is it one of those things where you just don't even want to bother? You'd be like, here, you have an idea of what you want. Let's just do it. And then I'll get to it later. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I wouldn't say that he has to have it his way Okay. Uh, at all. I wouldn't say that at all. I think it's more so like I'm indifferent for a lot of the things like that, like a okay. bass part mm-hmm. on like a breakdown or not a, like a specific part that he wrote and he layered 15 different MIDI tracks on it and ah. all this instrumentation. And then he's like, wants to do something. I'm like, just do, just take it. Just do what you, do what you're going to do. Like right. it's, it's cool. If I, if there's something I'm against, it's not going to be a base part. Uh, but we do have that dynamic where he, he has a million ideas and some, I'm kind of the one in the studio that reels it, reels him back a little oh. bit, keeps it, you know? Okay. Like, uh, so we do butt heads a lot, but it's not like, um, yeah, he's not stubborn. He's, I mean, I, change a lot and he most of the time he'll agree with it eventually or like you know we see eye to eye on the same thing mm-hmm. a lot of compromise so i think in the studio that's kind of more of what i do than than just like oh i just play the bass it's more like when right. he's doing the vocals or when we're structuring a song he'll like go one way and i'll I'll throw an idea out there the way i hear it mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of like figure it out together you know okay all right I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It a- absolutely does. Yeah. So it's almost like you're, maybe maybe it's not the right term, but it's almost like you're producing as you're there as well. Yeah, that's what I would, that's the word I would okay. use, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes For sense. Sure. Well, when it comes mm. to, you know, your band in general, when it comes to Set to Stun, it seems like there's a lot more that goes in. Like I mentioned, the the longer song lengths, the intricacies of the instrumentation, all that kind of stuff. And then the lyrics is what we talked about. But the lyrics often go back to the lore and the story that I think a lot of people know that that's what you guys do, but they might not actually understand the lore completely. So if Damien is writing, you know, all the songs, right? And then you guys get into the studio, you work on a song, and then you start working on others after you're completely done with them. Has he filled you in? on what he wants the lore to be. Do you guys talk about that? You know, do you say, do you storyboard? Do you guys go over that? Or does he already have that kind of stuff in his head already? Um, I think, well, first, when it comes to writing, let me just put this out there. Mm-hmm. The, the writing process uh, for like instrument instrumentation, like he'll bring, he'll write it all on guitar. He'll bring it to us in the studio or like a practice studio, mm-hmm. not a recording studio. And then we'll play through it part by part. And then we will, uh, figure out where the drums are going to go and then ah. we'll kind of we'll rewrite as we go along based on how it feels you know mm-hmm. so we do like we do the three of us do write them together um yeah. okay to a certain extent it's not like he just goes and records everything and then we just kind of show up uh yeah that'd be kind of crazy right yeah yeah but i mean he, he it's it's 99 just you know he has the idea in his head um and then we kind of just form it into something better than it was uh, okay because we all we all listen to different stuff and like yeah him and I are we'll see the same part two different ways and then we'll make something better out of it you know ah okay so it's or at like, least it's yeah. better at least I think it's better because it's what I it was my idea so <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's like you guys are you're combining to solve a puzzle right 
Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to put your spin on what you're hearing and what you see. So does that count, though, for storyline then as well? So has he gone over with you? This is where the story is going from the Desperado Undead to Valkyrie 1. This is what I'm looking to do. Do you guys have conversations about that as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, his his story is like so intricate yes. that it's kind of hard to even. It's hard for him to like just like compress it into one linear thing. So a lot of our conversations are just the characters and kind of what's going on. But his story has evolved so much. Even back, we we had like an EP before the yes. Desperado Undead, right? And it has you know three songs from Desperado Undead, and back then the story was much simpler it was kind of just beginning middle end you know it had the characters it had like captain jack trips and billy the kid king and amanda Anne marie like um so it was kind of like this old western the desperado undead story yeah and once we did the album he introduced staria which is just it's like it's hard to even wrap my head around it. Gotcha. So, so he gives me the ideas and I'm kind of like, I'm trying to form it in my own head mm-hmm. and simplify it so that I can understand it. And then he's kind of like, you know, there's certain things where he's like, no, no, that's not like, that's not going to be all right. And there's other things where he's like, yeah, that's cool. Like that makes sense. We, we just do that, you know, but okay. Anything written down that's like in stone, but we kind of have a generic idea of where the story's going. Okay. And um, yeah, this new album is kind of it's it's almost its own thing now too. Yeah, that's that was a confusing part for me because I'm not going to pretend like I like I mentioned before. I'm a I'm a huge fan of the band. I have been following you guys for a very long time, but I go through the lyrics and I listen, and sometimes I think, oh, okay, I, I understand where the story's going. And then I can't tell you how many times Valkyrie 1 threw me off. Like, I was just like, oh, no, that is absolutely not what I thought was, was going to happen. Right. And I'm still not exactly sure all the things that have happened on either albums. But <laughs> I guess that's the interesting part is, is that kind of following right. not only loving the music, but also, you know, getting into the story as well. So do you guys plan on doing any more? Like, is there going to be a deep dive into the story at all? Like the possibility of graphic novels or, you know, just telling the story in general without the music or maybe putting clips into it. You know what I mean? Like just some way that people have an idea of where the story is and where the possibilities are for it, where where it's going to go at some point. Yeah. You know, we've been trying to figure out the right, uh, like, uh, what's the word? like the form of media to do it in, you know, graphic novels, like the obvious one, but like I said, like the Staria introduced, it's just so big that I'm trying to get him to compress and just be like, Hey, let's just tell this person's story. Okay. And then this person's story. And then we'll kind of combine it in a way that's, you can have it in one thing, but it's kind of difficult as far as the lyrics go, like trying to understand, let me just say that half, like there's, there's the story, the Desperado and Dead story, and then there's parts where it's Damien speaking as himself. Yes. Okay. And then as he's writing the story. Gotcha. Okay. Like in uh, Dreamcatchers, Body Snatchers, there's, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, 
what's he say? It says like, um, I suffer writer's block and blurry vision as fact begins to blend in with fiction. It's hard to tell the difference yes. when my subconscious cleverly manifests itself in a character such as these. So he's writing the Desperado Undead story, mm-hmm. and that line is Damien, and he's blurring, you know, the lines between the characters that he's created and their, um, like their, uh, I, I'm like losing words here. Oh no, you're good. All the characters have somebody in his real life that they're written as, you know, ah, like okay. one of the, one of, he's writing the character. One of the characters is me. Like, I don't even know which one, but <laughs> you know, it's all, they're all people in his life that he's made into these fictional characters. So a lot of the lyrics, when it doesn't seem like it's in that world, it's mm-hmm. because it's not. It's because it's his life, and then he'll jump back into the Staria or Desperado Undead. Gotcha. You know, it's, it okay. kind of jumps around. Well, I just hope you're not the one that murders everybody. I think that's him, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, I gotcha. <laughs> no, man, I, I love that kind of stuff. I, I think it's also, I mean, one of the things, too, that I think you notice in both albums, but I think it happens, unless, once again, might be reading into it too much, but if I'm going through Valkyrie 1, it seems like there are a lot more references to music in general. I mean, we, we've heard you say the band's name before, but that's obviously said again. There's also multiple references to the stage, to going up on stage is like going to war. There are tons of those types of references throughout the whole entire thing. But it seems like they came out more in this album as well. So is that is that a part? Especially, I'm assuming you guys had tons of pressure from people wanting new music and you know wanting to tour, or maybe even not tour, depending on how you guys feel about it. Did that play a role at all? Yeah. So for my understanding of uh, that's in yeah it, that's in Valkyrie One the song mm-hmm. right. So that song is it. It kind of reminds us both a lot of Staria Two on our last album. The Desperado Undead, yeah. which those songs are very much rooted in like the conflict between like his like your personal life and then like the band, how the band is part of your life also. Right. And um so this is all Damien, so I'm just gonna, you know, oh, what yeah. I my interpretation <laughs> of it. Um but especially that Valkyrie One song, it's about like, you know, how the band has kind of given him purpose, um, but the last lyric in that song is "Don't have to be the desperado no more." Right. So it's kind of like he's not that person that he was back then, the madman, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of just like accepting like a new a new part in his life where he doesn't have to like uphold this like front or persona to be what people might want him to be Mm -hmm. and just kind of accepting who he is for himself, you know? Yeah. That's how I've got, I've, I've I've interpreted it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think at least obviously not having the connection that you guys have, I was on that wavelength listening to it. And then also, I mean, is it one of those things where do you guys miss going on tour or after so many years, is it one of those things where you've gone into a different part of your life where it's not really as fun as it was before um i think that me and marcus are definitely like missing it and we want to get back on the road and for me personally like it kind of gives my life like meaning you know like it's what i'm doing and if i'm not doing that then what am i really doing gotcha but i think for damien um 
it's it's the same it's it's why we didn't book anything for the fall he's he still wants to do it but he wants to make sure that it's the right tour for us and it's he does i don't think he wants to like go through the the the, like grind the Yeah. yeah the grind where we're losing money and we're struggling we're playing for just our fans and right. like you know so he doesn't want to leave his personal life first something that is not the payoff is not worth it for him i think that's yeah. kind of where he is but he's still very much writing music and still into the idea of touring and stuff like that uh when i first heard valkyrie one i thought for sure he was quitting the band right, right. But, <laughs> you know but i don't think we're quite there yet uh but yeah, um, I think it's just the right the right tour, the right mo- uh, moment, and everything. Just doing it the way we want to do it at this point. Yeah, no that that makes total total sense. I even kind of want to dive into that a little bit because you mentioned the Escape the Fate tour. I'm aware of that one. I you went out with some good bands, a Tragic Hero Family type thing. Like that made a lot of sense. Now though. Because this isn't even technically your sophomore album, it's it's a sophomore album in the storyline, however you want to say it. You have plenty of material, and like like I mentioned, you've got the long versions of songs as well. So how do you look at how you want to tour? Do you see yourselves, if you don't want to play for your fans alone, do you not see yourselves as headliners? And then what type of bands or what type of genres would it work that you are the opener or or middle or or you know direct support for a headliner to make this music connect with people that might not have heard it yet? That's a big question. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. All right. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no. yeah. That's interesting. Um, head as far as headlining band, um, I think it's fun. I think uh, we enjoyed it every time we've we did a Staria three tour five years ago. That's right. Yes. And we and we just released a song three days ago, so uh, <laughs> that was fun, you know. Um, I, I guess I didn't mean headlining. I guess I meant like grinding through a tour where we're 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 losing money or not really oh, making yeah. money and not really gaining fans from it. Or like touring for the sake of touring is not no, what, what no, no. we're really interested in at this point. Right. I think that's what more so what I was saying. Okay. As far as like building a set, is that what you're saying? Like, what kind of songs we're gonna play to try to get these fans is that kind of i would say well that's that's interesting as well for sure but i i i obviously don't need you to give that away because i'm sure you guys are thinking about that kind of stuff but yeah i would say i guess on that line how do you choose songs that are going to keep people's attention because you guys and this is kind of going off on a tangent a little bit but when i look at set to stun like i said one of my favorite bands. I, I think this is my album of the year already. But I find that I think your fan base is pretty unique because you're not following any of the trends in the scene. Besides genre melding, if you want to call it that, you're you're going against the grain on pretty much every way of advertising and marketing and grabbing people's attention is completely different right now with what you guys do. So I think that's really the thing is like, are you able to go out there with people's attention spans now and play a nine minute song? Like no matter all the tempo changes, no matter all the intricacies that go along with it, is that something that's going to capture people's attention anymore? Oof. Um, I mean, I like to think that's 
what would capture their attention. Um, a lot of people don't even realize we're still playing the same song. True. You know? True. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I've been to a lot of shows. Like, we've played with so many bands and a lot of, like, obviously there's a lot of local bands on any or most of the tours that we play on. And if I listen to an album or if I watch a band and I listen to it one time through or watch one set and there's not a single part that kind of like captures my attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, then I'm just kind of like, what, what's the point? I could listen to any other band. True. And I think that our songs are really long, but the way that Damien writes them every couple minutes or whatever, there's going to be a part that is going to catch you off guard. And that will kind of like make you turn your head a little bit and just be like, what, what was that? Like, That's that was kind of weird. Yeah. Just little things that will kind of, grab your attention and I, and I feel like when we're on tour um the other bands like that haven't heard of us that we are touring with there's always like one part and they'll they'll come to us like two or three days in they're like hey uh like what, what do you, what's that song that you guys play when you like do this thing you know mm-hmm. like the wendy darling ah. in staria or something like that and then sure. they're like yes and then i'll tell them and then like you know a couple days later they're like oh dude i've been listening to the album you know like like and then they'll kind of be into it but i think it takes that one thing that's going to stand out that'll be like hey i should check these guys out and um but i think uh a lot of our touring up to this point we've been pretty pretty crazy live band just kind of like thrashing around and stuff and what we talked about going forward is that we really want to like step up our set musically and and make sure that everything is sounding on point and all we're singing all the parts and Mm -hmm. vocally we're like up to par because we're trying to move up to bigger, like bigger venues and kind of a different feel, you know? Right. So we definitely have been with this new album, especially like a lot of the vocals are much easier uh, to perform. So we're trying to just like step up our game so that people who haven't heard us, it's going to sound good, you know? Yeah. Cause it jumps around so much that if it's not exactly on point, then it's going to sound like madness. Yes. And while that's fun for us, if we are playing a headlining show and it's just madness, and the mic's in the crowd, and Damon's uh, doing somersaults uh, in the in the back of the venue behind the bar. Like <laughs> that's fun for us and fun for the fans there, but right. that's not exactly what we want to do to um, gather some new new people to our music. No, that that definitely makes sense. Yeah, I I can see. So especially when you talk about bands listening to your music, I can see you guys being a band's band. You know what I mean? You know how they have like a comedian's comedian, like someone who always does well with the people that have done it and uh, know the struggle or know the talent that's involved. Like, I think a lot of times bands are more willing to give people a shot than maybe the average listener might be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, I think it takes a while for us to grow on them, though. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime, any tour we've done, you know. And I think it's kind of similar to um, just like any any fan listening to the music. There's a lot of the bands that do kind of gravitate towards us eventually and mm-hmm. kind of like cat- we catch our attention and then they learn to like appreciate it or they appreciate that we're just like having fun on stage and we don't care, right. which is another side of it. But then I think there's also some people that are like, well, they're not playing right so they're not real oh like i don't know you know there's like there's some people that just like only care about what it sounds like and exactly what you're playing and everything so i think it's it it goes both ways for sure yeah that's a tough one i mean 
because I, I originally hold on my headphones just died. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I don't have my computer set up properly, so I had wireless headphones and they just died. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. But I'm good to go now. So yeah, I I think that's a little tough too because I was thinking about when the last time you guys were on tour, 2020 isn't really that far away or that long ago, I guess. But I just feel, and I don't know how many like shows you go to, or if you even go to any shows to check out any other bands, but it always seems like now, not maybe always, but in a lot of ways, you start seeing bands that really heavily rely on backing tracks. They, they are heavily relying on the electronics to make sure that they sound pretty much exactly like whatever album they put out. You know, they've got vocal tracks that are overwhelming a lot of times. They've got instrumentation tracks that are overwhelming. I'm not just talking about having, like, obviously, with you guys, you have specific electronics that you're using that you wouldn't probably have a keyboardist on stage playing. You would play that in a backing track. But a lot of bands are actually covering up vocals and, you know, drums, bass, guitar, all their instruments on backing tracks as well. So a lot of that has changed in this little bit of years that have passed. So I personally, I like it when a band doesn't play their music exactly like the album because the album is, it's I, I can listen to that all the time. If I'm going to a live show, I kind of like to see something different. I like to see what can be done live without the help of any machinery. Yeah. Was there a question or? Not really. That was just <laughs> me talking. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, we, we've always used, um, like, we played to a, a click track, but it was sure. just like, they're just mono tracks. And now that's not really, um, like, we can't do that anymore. So we're upgrading everything so that we'll have, like, stereo tracks. There's a lot of parts that on the new album, we kind of need, like, some of the, um, some of the, like, character vocals i guess you could call it you know like the distorted type of like demon voices Ah, like stuff like that that we're definitely gonna need we'll have that but that's also something we talked about i think that we want to make sure that the everything sounds good on the new album without anything helping us right uh just you know with the three of us or we have a, a hector he's he's a guitarist that tours with us and he's kind of unofficially in the band you know but he's in the band but yeah um so we want to make sure that if it's just us four playing it's going to sound good and then add things like minimally like just add okay let's add this synth part in there and let's Mm -hmm. add this but i think we've run into the problem like with our old tracks where we had too much stuff in there and Uh. it's like it doesn't translate live you know like because it's just noise and if we don't go out with our own sound engineer, then, and they don't know how to mix it, then oh. it's not really adding to it, you know? So we just want to make sure that they sound good, solid, you know, guitars, bass, drums, vocals, right. and then kind of add a little, little bit of, little bit of, uh, you know, zest on top. Yeah. But, to tell uh, the story. Yeah, definitely. No, that, that makes but, sense. Yeah, you're right. The technology has definitely in the last three years or four years now, it's like, it's nobody does nobody just does monotracks now everyone has their own like x32 mixer and mm-hmm. in-ears and all this stuff like um so we'll we'll get there we have time we we're not touring until you know probably march so right we definitely want to upgrade all of our stuff we've had all this time to do it and um, go out there sounding better than before yeah 
No, that's that's always a great goal for sure. So when you talk about you know, you you talked about maybe doing a couple shows or something towards the end of the year. Do you see yourself, you know, when you talk about like putting on a show or or telling the story, do you see yourself doing the album front to back? Yeah, I think that um, I think with Valkyrie One, this new album, I think we could definitely do that. Uh, Desperado and Dead album, it's so it's that one would be a, a difficult ask, I think. Right. Yes. It, it, there's so many layers and intricacies and we, we uh, it's a lot. Um, but I think I feel confident that we could do this new album like that. But I think if we did a tour like that, it would have to be a Desperado and Dead tour. Um, oh, okay. You know, but I'm, I'm open to that. I, I, I'm down for that. Okay. I know that Marcus is. Marcus wants to play every song and then um, Damon or I are kind of like, yeah, we can't. Really, it doesn't really work. Like uh, five, you know. Gotcha. gotcha. He's like, yeah. No, and he's I, like, it doesn't matter. It sounds like, all right, well, <laughs> you sing it then, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't yeah. Why doesn't he with all the with all the uh, vocal parts and everything? Why doesn't he have a, a mic set up for himself? Uh no, he's not about. He has a really good voice. He has probably the strongest voice of all of us. Really? But he'll never do it. Damn. Just pa- just pure raw power, you know. Nice. Okay. He's just okay. The le- he's loud. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a quality of a singer. That's true. Yeah, definitely. So, since I really haven't had a chance to see you guys live, but I've seen some like you know some random YouTube videos and whatnot. When you are you know balancing out those vocals, uh, you know with Damien and everything, when you're doing that, are you able to like mimic? the type of vocals that he's doing as well? Or are there any ones that that you don't pull off uh, as well as what he does? I don't think I pull off anything as well as he does, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I'm just a pale imitation, you know? Uh, I think our our singing voices are, are kind of similar. Like when I'm singing his songs, yeah. uh, it's it's close. You know, we're, we are brothers. Yeah, so. right, right we our singing voices are kind of close i can't scream like him like his like yell yeah he's like okay. um i used to do all like the screams uh you know on the last album like the you know like the high and low screams that was like all i did but once i started having to sing i kind of stopped doing that just because oh. i i'm not that good of a vocalist i can't do both you know but um so they when i have to do a part that he's like yelling at it's he has a very distinct yell yeah i'll say that like it's it's just his voice just kind of amped up Mm -hmm. um and i have a really i have a much higher voice so i can't pull that off um i kind of will just do like a almost like a just almost like a talking like a an excited talking you know like Ah. (laughs) like just trying to do something and i have a vocal pedal and i just add a it's like a double it'll add like a double on it and Mm -hmm. i just get through the parts but um again yeah i i can't do that so i try to do what i can here and there uh but i i don't really scream at all anymore okay yeah will you have to get prepared will you start doing any type of vocal warm-up type of stuff is there anything you need to do before you maybe play those first shows yeah i think first i should probably learn the songs on bass (laughs) and then uh (laughs) and then i'll worry about the rest later uh that's a good point because I I know the songs pretty well, like vocally. I know all the all the vocals, yeah, and I know all the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me uh learn the songs on bass, and then um, 
you know, I'm always singing in my car, so uh, I'm just singing what I can for now. And then um, I guess Damon will let me know what he needs me to do. But I'm kind of limited. There's there's a lot of the times where like I'm I'll tell him like I can't sing that. Like it's not I can't sing what you're singing or I can't yell what you're yelling. So you have to do that, and I'll do you know I'll do the next part kind of thing. Okay. Um. So once we figure that out, I just pick the easy stuff for me because <laughs> I'm trying to do as little as possible. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> no, totally, totally understandable. Yeah. So I want to ask some basic questions uh, because there's some stuff that I just, in my head, I'm not sure what they are. And maybe you'll be able to answer them. Maybe you won't, but I figured I definitely, you know, take a shot. So when the track list comes out and you've got everything set for Valkyrie one, I'm sure people have asked you this before, but why is Staria three after Death of a Dreamcatcher, which is labeled four. You know, we just want to get in people's heads at this point, and it's working. Yeah, I'm just, I'm asking nerdy questions, so yeah, I get it. No, I'm saying, like, <laughs> we're just getting people thinking about stuff that uh-huh. they don't need to be thinking about, and, uh, okay. you know, it's all uh, it's all a subliminal messaging, and we're, we're in the back of your mind all the time, and people are going to wonder that forever, <laughs> so <laughs> okay. we just want to mess with them, you know? I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. Okay. Now, here's one. I mean, you could probably mess with me if you have an alternate version of this that'll get stuck in my head. But I definitely have to ask. I don't know why I can't hear it. And it's not on the lyric sheets. uh, On the final track, Axel Trips. What is that last line that is repeated multiple times? I don't know. I'm a loser. Yeah, it's is something. That, yeah, it's something like that. But I wasn't sure. Is that it? Is that what it is? I think so. Let me, okay. Like the the group vocal. Yeah, it's at Let the me listen to it at quick. the very end. Yeah, it's at the very end. It says something. I guess I'm a loser, or I wasn't sure if it was like she something lose her as an L O S E space H E R. I wasn't exactly Ooh, sure. That's cool too. Let's go with that one. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's definitely I'm a loser. Okay. And okay. originally, when we recorded that, we recorded that in 2016. That's kind of like we just had to fill out the album kind of thing. Ah. Okay. Um, but originally, the the ending was like a chant of like a sing song of "fuck my life." Oh, nice. Okay. I'm a loser. Like, and it didn't really work. So <laughs> now it's just I'm a loser. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. It is a very interesting, I mean, like you said, getting in people's heads and whatnot. That is an, an extremely interesting song. It's, you know, it captures people's attention and there's lots of different parts to it. That whole ending, uh, you know, where it's, you know, talking about, you know, touching people's lives and, you know, that I, I've done something with my life, you know, but if you're sad and, you know, we're always here, you're never alone. That whole part there. And then to end with I'm a loser, it is a very interesting way, of course, to end uh, to end the album. So what what was the thought process in making that the ending track? Because, I mean, there's a lot of interpretation that could make it seem like that's the end possibly of a character. That's the end of the story, maybe as well, or at least this part of the story. Was that what you were thinking when you guys all decided on that? So this, this song, it, I don't, it's not originally kind of, it's not really part of the album. Okay. Uh, like I said, it was so long ago and we were working on track listings and 
there was like a bunch of problems that we had had with the mixes and we were not happy with the from track to track it's it's pretty inconsistent but the way that um the order that it's in right now it's mm-hmm. almost like you can't really tell because the end of one song will kind of flow into the next song and it has a different vibe but yes. there's certain combinations where when it ends on one track and it starts the next one the next one's like either way louder or not the same oh. like it just it, so originally the track listing was completely different and that's kind of what stuck us for a long time is that we weren't happy with certain ones and we didn't really want to put them out. I see. And this track order, it's kind of like, it's definitely not in order for like Damon's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like just sonically when you listen to them, they sound, it, you don't notice anything. Right. Um, and it's kind of like a weird thing. Now listening back, we're both probably just like, yeah, it probably would have been fine. But <laughs> I think we're in our heads a little bit. Um, and then when we decide to add that track to the album, um, it, it's kind of almost like a bonus track. I think the bo- uh, Body Snatcher Triumphant is kind of like a, it's like an epilogue kind yes. of to this album okay. and starting up the next one. That's the idea of it. I see. And then okay. Axel Chips is just kind of like a bonus. And it's definitely uh, not uh, Canon? part of the story. Yeah, it's okay. definitely just Damien's song. Um, okay. Yeah, funny story. Like that song, we were in between tours back in like 2016, and we had a couple days off in Cleveland, which is where our label is. And oh, they put yeah. us in the studio for like four days, and they're like, "Yeah, like just do whatever." Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, and that's like that was Damien's song, and me and Marcus honestly like hated it. Huh. And then <laughs> because we were like, "This isn't set to a set to stun song," you know, this is your song. But uh, upon listening back to it, I think it's. I, it's my favorite song on the album for sure and it's like it's really cuts really deep i think for me and yeah and like i've apologized to him so many times because i'm like i was kind of a dick about it but like it's a great it's just a great like sad song yeah no it, it really grows on you at, at first i was like oh i don't know if this is going to connect you know with with the different parts in it i just wasn't sure and then like you said you just listen to it over and over again you realize the depth it has and and how good it can be. So yeah, I think it's a great end, but yeah, it makes more sense to say that's not canon because of what happens before that and it does seem to be pretty out of place when you're right. when you're looking at the album as a whole. Yeah, I mean and that's all about um like the lyric is like I might be a shitty father and an even worse son. Yeah. But if there's one thing I can do right, I put that pain into a song that'll get you through the night. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of like a song for the people who have stuck with us for all these years, like waiting for the album. Yeah. And I think when when I sent him this track listing and he listened to that at the end, he's like, yeah, that that's like a good track order because that song is for the people that have been here like for eight years waiting, you know? Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned kind of a mixing issue. I did see something on on one of the discords. Like I said, I, I got to check around a little bit, but I think I'd seen something where you weren't a fan or someone wasn't a fan of Holy Mountain. Was that because of the mixing or was that because of the song itself? Uh, it was definitely a mixing thing. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where uh, we ended up getting it remastered. A lot, Like half the album got remastered ah. and it made a big difference. But yeah. at the time for a while, even Damien, like, I mean, 
it's not anything i'm not trying to like talk badly about anyone or anything it's just one of those things where we would listen to this song and be like yeah they sound good and then we'd put on holy mountain and then we'd be like dude i can't even get through this song like it sounded so bad i see um but it's come a long way since then um and yeah i'm actually surprised that it's like i think it might be the most popular song right now off the album yeah it it might be i mean at least from what i've heard people talk about i would say so the playlist the playing uh like the plays i guess yeah yeah. for the album um yeah yeah, we can't really count the singles but it's right now i think it's holy mountains number one star three's number two okay and um yeah axel trips is at the bottom really i mean it's the last track makes a difference yeah but i would have thought yeah i would have thought like maybe the epilogue or something would have because once you listen to that maybe people listen to it a couple times but i think it gets skipped i would have thought anyways that's what i would think but there's people that i've seen people say that they have that on repeat wow and i i'm like why (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean cool it's cool it's been fun it's been fun because you know like just looking at the response and people reposting and posting about the album it's like almost everyone has a different song and a different part of the song of different songs so like there's not like just the one or two good songs that everyone is reposting. It's kind of like they all f- have their little niche and there's like people were posting the interludes and yeah. like Axel Trips, which is like a different song. And then like, it's just kind of interesting to see like, um, and yeah, our last album was 2015. Yep. So Spotify was just kind of like, it wasn't just dominating like it is now, obviously. So back then we didn't have like, they didn't have like playlisting or you couldn't post it on your story with the track oh, in there. So right, right. all of this is like kind of a new experience for us. So it's super interesting. Uh, like I'm surprised and I haven't really seen much uh, negative, much negative, like many ne- negative comments or anything. Which That's great. I go out of sight, out of mind, you know, yeah, but I'm sure well, there's people right. who think that. But <laughs> I, I like it's. It makes me feel better about the songs that I'm not really crazy about when people are are really into them. Yeah. No, I, I can imagine from that inside perspective to the outside, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, for me, like it's it's funny because you released three singles that we basically listened to for years, right? Like maybe you can say Death of a Dreamcatcher, what that was like a couple months ago, maybe a few months ago by yeah. now, something like that. But when you look at Walk Tall uh two and then you look at, you know, Enter Lust, those were years of listening to those tracks. So I have listened to those so many times, like basically like they were like they were their own EP. So that's been over and over and over. So now I've done a bunch of listens to the album where I go front to back. So I'll hear them. But because I've heard them so much, I'm cycling through all the other tracks that I haven't had for years. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I was worried about that. We were worried about that too. We wanted to just drop the album instead of doing the death of a Dreamcatcher single. Oh, we wanted to like Beyonce okay. it and yeah. just, just release it with no, no post or anything, but we were overruled uh, ah. that we had to do a single first. Okay. Um, and you know, I did have that fear. Uh, but then I realized, um, and this happened with our last album too, that yeah, all of our fans have been listening to that for you know, walk tall too for like three years and lust for a year. But the in in like six months, it's not going to matter because a lot of the people are going to be brand new listeners, and yeah. the album's the only thing that they're going to remember. Right. So it's yeah, kind of yeah. like 
we're stressing over it, but it's like, it's not going to matter eventually, you know? Right. It will, like, the this album will outlast all of that that mattered before. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. People are going to look at Desperado Undead, and they're going to listen, and then they're going to go to Valkyrie 1. Right. That's, that's how it's going to work. There's not going to be any of that in between at all, or any, probably even any of the stories of, oh, it took eight years, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff goes away. When you have a, when you have new fans and everything, all that stuff disappears. Right. But since I am not a new fan, I have to ask this question. Uh, and it might go into mixing. It might go into rights. It might be something like that. But why isn't Colors actually available on Spotify or any other way? Would you guys do any special edition, like re-release of that at all? Um, so there's a couple of answers. The first answer is that we can't even put it on Spotify because we don't have like the high quality versions of them they don't they don't exist anymore oh like we okay. recorded that in 2007 oh shit so, it's, I, I did not realize yeah. it was that old because i mean yeah. i remember 2013 i don't remember 2007 okay <laughs> yeah we were in high school still <laughs> that's um, awesome all right and yeah uh so those tracks just don't exist in the form that would be able to be put on spotify okay and even if they were um there's also um like copyright issues for having movie sounds ah it, yeah like, um, okay and then on top of that it's not really a representation of who we are as a band like anymore i think once we did the Dreamcatcher ep that was kind of like when i think that that's kind of when we found our like sound a little bit okay um, i can see that or yeah I, I i mean i think so but um we definitely have toyed with the idea of re-recording, but um, I think we're going to rewrite some of... I mean, there are throwbacks to colors in in um, Desperado and Dead. Absolutely. But I think we definitely want to uh, take some of that stuff and just kind of refresh it and rewrite it because there's so many... I'll listen to it every few years. And back then, like, that was 100% Damien. Like, I didn't really do much to produce, like, oh. vocals or anything back then. So going back to it, I'm like, I, I like to write it off, but then I'll listen to it every few years. And I'm like, dude, there's actually like a lot of really good stuff in here, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, if that answers your question. I don't know. I, it's not something that we would want to put out because then I think people, a lot of people would listen to it and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, it's not really a 2023, you know, it's, it's kind of dated, I think, personally. Um, you know what I got to say about the dated thing, though, is that. If you make an out now, I'm not saying that it sounded like it definitely didn't sound like everything that, that was out in 2007, for sure. It still had a uniqueness. But the thing about now is people are hungry for nostalgia. Like, I, I personally love it when a band comes out, a brand new band that makes a throwback album to early 2000s metalcore, post-hardcore. So you could actually... I don't know if you can even say dated anymore because people actually really enjoy a lot of that kind of sound now. Yeah, that's. I think it, I I think if it was more cliche back then, then it would ah. even resonate more. Like it's kind I of. I got what you're saying. Even back then, it was kind of it. It doesn't. It has some breakdowns, but it kind of just is. It's yeah, like you said, it is kind of its own thing still, mm -hmm. but it's just a, a less polished version of what Damien's writing now. Sure. You know. Yeah. Like. Uh, but I, yeah, like I said, I really like the idea of rewriting some of the things and bringing stuff back. There's also the 
thank you and good night EP, yeah yeah, yeah. Which, if you heard that yeah that's uh old i wasn't sure if you were gonna go that far back either <laughs> i yeah i think i don't know i get my dates mixed up i think that might have been 2007 and colors was 2008 okay but all right yeah, yeah. it's out there there's people on the discord that like download it and oh yeah still listen to it and i think that's kind of what it should be is kind of like a deep cut for people who want to find it you can find it but it's not something we want to put out there as this is set to stun you know right that makes total sense well taylor man i just looked i just looked over at the time i know we had there's a part that i'll cut out of when you switch headphones and stuff but i think i got pretty much everything besides deep diving and picking your brain for hours on the story and everything, which we're not going to do right now. I think I got a ton of questions and, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff. So, well, you know, we're going to do a plug section. We'll talk off air. So, you know, don't sign off yet or anything, but uh, I will have links in the description of the episode where I'll have all the social media links, uh, you know, for set to stun. I'll also have links for merch. And then I believe you're going to have a vinyl at some point, but until then, what is the best way for people to support you right now? Ooh, um, I mean, honestly, the easiest thing is listening to the album. You know, streams make a huge difference uh, as far as like monthly listeners and stuff on just the opportunities that we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps a lot. And we also do have a Patreon. Um, we have some like behind the scenes stuff, some demo stuff. Um, we had like a couple of songs off the album on there before it was you know years ago sure um and we have like little just clips in the studio stuff like that we we try to put some of the stories up over there uh in like kind of a controlled environment so you know patreon.com slash set is done yeah that's kind of the best way to support us directly because that goes straight to us and financially helps you know and um yeah i think that for sure okay yeah i will definitely have a link to that as well that sounds that sounds really interesting too so yeah man hey Thank you so much for doing this. Like I said, I've wanted to do this for a very long time. We're going to have to do it again. We'll, you know, I'll dive into the album more. We'll talk about maybe, you know, when you're on tour, all that kind of stuff. Hopefully you come to Austin. That's where I'm doing the show from now. So hopefully, you know, that all works out very well. But man, I just want to say once again, congratulations. Uh, I, I love this album. I know a lot of people that do as well. And it was worth the wait, man. It was definitely worth the wait. Uh, all the hard work and everything really paid off. So thank you once again for taking the time and thank you for some great music, man. Thanks so much, man. It really means a lot. I appreciate it. It makes it feel better about all the stress and sleepless nights we went <laughs> went through putting this out, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Once again, man, hey, stay on the line. We'll, we'll shoot the shit for a second, but thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your night. You too, man. Thank you.